You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 151 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Valerie, but more to the point, how are you? I mean, (laughs) you're just telling me you've just survived an earthquake to be here. I know, I know. There has been an earthquake. I'm not kidding. Literally two hours ago in Avalon, which is where I live in New South Wales, Australia. And uh, yeah, an earthquake. Can you believe it? So, but I have lived to tell the tale, as you can see. I know. And you're so brave, Valerie. You're so so brave. brave. That, yes, that's, that's uh, right. That's commitment, isn't it? That, yeah, commitment. Actually, to be honest, I didn't even know it happened. Um, <laughs> I only knew because one of my students Facebook messaged me and said, oh, my God, yeah, an earthquake in Avalon. I thought he was like crazy or something. So I had to Google it and sure enough, there was an earthquake. Yeah, right here in right here in my suburb. In fact, in fact, the headline in the Sydney Morning Herald says, earthquake leaves Avalon on Sydney's northern beaches all shook up. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Don't you love that headline? Um, do, do you think we should sort of redefine it to a tremor if you didn't even feel it? Well, maybe, or maybe I was just not noticing actually. So um, it wasn't that it wasn't that severe. It was only three point two. That's nothing. And as the Sydney uh, Morning Herald says, with a magnitude of three point two, the earthquake was barely strong enough to disturb the froth on a soy chai latte. <laughs> 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 That's clever. Oh, my God. So slow news day in Australia then. <laughs> yes, but anyway, uh, I've survived an earthquake and I'm here uh, to tell the tale. What's been happening with you? Self? Have you uh, been through any earthquakes lately? No, no, I've been in a few. Uh, we get a few down here in uh, Victoria, but, uh, really? you know, uh, I've survived and, uh, no, I'm, I'm all good, Val. All good. No, nothing, nothing to report. Excellent. Well, I am very excited about this week's snapshot, our mini-sode this week, and it's everything you need to know about working with telephoto and zoom lenses. I like this because I actually own several. <laughs> and, 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 in fact, I was t- taking photos yesterday um, and I was – doing a few experiments going back and forth with my with my zoom and not really 
putting a great deal of science behind it, just kind mm-hmm. of framing it in a certain way and, you know, yeah. getting the right angle. Uh, so I am – and I'm sure that there is more of um, a science behind it or certainly more logical thinking that can yeah. go with how you, the way you use your telephoto or zoom lens. So yeah. I understand this question is inspired by Kevin from Canada. Is that right? Yes. And Kevin um, suggested that we do a whole series uh, of podcasts uh, – just talking about each uh, individual lenses, what are the best ones to buy and and how to use each one. So I thought uh, this would make a great uh, series for the snapshots. So I thought I'd start with my personal favorite, which is the telephoto or zoom lens. So shall we dive in, Val? Let's dive in. All right, so I think anyone who's listened to the podcast or read any of my books uh, knows that uh, or any of the courses knows what a big fan of the long lens that I am. I love shooting long. I prefer yes. it over uh, the, a wider angle. Um, I think also and- you just like carrying around the big lens. No, it's not. <laughs> I think you know, like when it's there, about hip height on you, because you've got the, the the strap. I think that there's, I don't know. I just think there's something about it that you like. It's not true, Valerie. It's like it if, is if true. I I've seen to... it. I know. I've known you for a long time. I I know the way you strut around with it. I know you like that lens, not just to, you know shoot with. Anyway, go on. So. Um, there are many purists, Val, that actually mm. believe and talk about that and they say that you're not a real photographer if you shoot with a long lens or well, a that's zoom. That's just silly. I mean, if you're near a lion or a tiger, I mean. You're going to go gonna... right into his space. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get the wide-angle shot so you can feel the frame. Yeah, but what they're saying is uh, you need to move with your feet rather than the lens and a real photographer gets up into the action and gets a shot. Now, having said and that. get eaten by a lion. And I met a, lion, a guy. You know, I'm. I met a guy who was who had his head ripped off, the back of his head ripped off by a lion. Wait, 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 wait. He survived. Yes, yes. I know him. Richard. Wow. I know. He showed me the back of his head too. Oh. Wow. So you don't anyway. want to be doing that. And also, no. like, you know, look, there is a real look to shooting wide or standard lens and getting up into people's personal space. Mm. Uh, and then just thinking about that, the pro- I, I don't like being up in amongst people's personal space. I like to hang back. And mm. so I'm a real fan um, not only of uh, working uh, from a, a, a safer distance and uh, but also uh, being out of people's space. So, like, for me – the advantages of working with longer lenses, and you've got two, you've got your fixed telephoto, which is a long uh, uh, lens, which is just one fixed focal length, or you've got a zoom, a long lens, which would be something like the 70 to 200, which is the uh, lens I'm in love with. And I wouldn't change, oh yeah, I'd change my Facebook profile for that lens too. So you can zoom from 70 to 200. So you've got the zoom or a fixed telephoto lens. Now the pros of working with these long lenses is what I love the most about working on a longer focal length is you have 
have a narrower angle of view. So when you're shooting on a wide lens valve, you get um, a much wider angle of view. So if I was uh, looking out uh, your window at the view, uh, you would see like, uh, what, what is it, a bay or a uh, what, like? Uh, it's called pit water. All right, so you see pit water. If I was to shoot mm-hmm. that on the 24, I'd get all the water, the edges of the um, uh, the cliffs there and all the houses and everything. If I was to then use a longer lens, uh, mm-hmm. the angle of view is a lot narrower. So yes. The, the, so where this comes in really handy is it means that when you're working with a long lens, you can take slithers of action so you don't get the entire room. So if you're doing uh, a portrait of someone and you just want to photograph them against a wall and you find a great section of wall, you can use a long lens and it'll just have a very narrow angle of view compared with if you were trying to take that photo with a standard lens or a wide lens, you get going to get all the guff that's in the background so if you've got uh, a port you're shooting a portrait of someone in an alleyway and you've got uh like trash cans either side of them on the alleyway if you use a long enough lens the angle of view is narrow enough to to eliminate all that garbage so like you can create beautiful images everywhere the other thing i love about is that rexy i can hear I think that's Rocky, actually. Rocky! It's <laughs> oh, just piping in, just adding to the yes. uh, conversation. Um, yeah. The other thing I love about long lenses is uh, the images always feel more intimate because, like, you're back a little bit and uh, you can shoot into uh, different uh, spaces and you're not up on top of people, which is what you need to do when when you're shooting on a wide lens or a standard lens. So to fill the frame, if you're trying to get a portrait of someone, when you're working with a wide lens or a standard lens, you practically have to be on top of the person you're right yep. up in their space which can be really intimidating uh for some people yes. it's bad enough that they're getting their photo taken but if you're right up over them um mm. it's like I, I i i wouldn't enjoy that experience and i think a lot of other people don't either so being able to hang back when you're using a long lens is a real advantage yes the, uh, and of course that. there's um there's also the opposite and it's really annoying when you watch movies and television shows when they have photographers. Now, I love this show. One of my favourite shows is Kingdom. I don't know if you watch Kingdom. It's no. set like in a cage fighting gym. Anyway, <laughs> um, and there's this scene where she's a photographer, right, and she's shooting the all beat up guy, the UFC fighter kind of thing, the cage fighter, and she's shooting him really close. Like he's on a chair and it's actually styled really well, but she's shooting him like barely two feet away from him, but she's got this super long lens, which in real life would never never work, right? It's ridiculous. Yes. They just wanted to show a big long lens like, 
what did like they the way you want to be, show a big long lens? Did they need them to be close together because something was going to happen between the fighter and the photographer? No, it just looked, you know, it was just a... It just looks better. It, it just looked good, but it wasn't realistic because I mean, like, you'll never get the shot that way, you dirt brain. <laughs> it won't be far, It won't be sharp at all. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so um, the other really great thing about the long lens is there's this thing that happens called compression when you work with a, a long lens. So basically mm. uh, the way the lens works is it makes stuff that's far away from the lens a appear a lot closer. So if you're shooting a landscape and you've got uh, the sun in the shot or the moon in the shot, it'll make the moon appear a lot larger in the frame. So whenever Mm. you see those shots of uh, big, beautiful sunsets or big, beautiful moons in in, in the sky, it's done with a, a long super long lens the longer the lens the the bigger the uh, items in the background will appear so that's a great thing now um Lens compression uh, can be used in advantage when you're photographing uh, people. So in the shot, so I love the compression uh, that's caused by a long lens for shooting groups, and uh, I use it uh, the distortion to my advantage when I'm shooting people who are different sizes. So if I've got someone who's very short, photograph mm. next to someone who's very tall, I will bring mm. the person, uh, the shorter person out in front of the taller person, have Mm -hmm. a little bit of space between them and use a long lens. And what happens is the compression factor is it'll, the the, the distortion will give the optical illusion that the taller person, the shorter person is the same size as the taller person. So it works really well for that. And and using that, a similar uh, sort of technique when I'm shooting group portraits, I think the long lens is ideal for shooting group portraits. What I see uh, a lot of photographers do when they're shooting groups is they might have a group of say uh, 30 people, like a family Mm -hmm. portrait. And you've got everyone positioned and they're all staggered beautifully. You've got some people in the, the lower part, like on the ground, people in the middle ground and people in the background. And there might be um, several metres between the person who's at the front of the frame and the person who's at the very back of the shot, right? Yep. In yep. depth, right? If you were and, – and the logical thinking would be I need to get this whole group of people in. I want to be standing close to them so that they can hear me and I'm making eye contact. I'll shoot this on the 24 millimeter mm, lens. Yes, that would be logic, right? In. That's logical. What happens mm. is the the wide angle lens distorts the image and so everyone at the front of the group appears larger and everyone at the back of the group appears smaller. So you get this sort of pinhead thing that happens to everyone at the back is so much smaller. So everyone at the front of the group seems prominent and they're all part of the group, but the people at the back of the group seem less significant when you shoot it with a wide angle lens. If you were to use a longer lens, uh, it, it actually evens out that distortion and you will get the people at the back of the shot having the same prominence as the people at the front of the shot. And so that's why I like working with uh, long Mm. lenses for that reason, all right? Now, having said that, you need to be careful uh, when you're shooting with a long lens that you, if you um, 
have a group like that where there is a great deal of distance between the person at the front and the person at the back. Make sure that you cover yourself by having a uh, aperture that is stopped down enough to make sure that the person at the front is sharp and the person at the back is sharp. So if I was doing a group shot with a long lens, I often tend to shoot around f11.5 uh, is my mm-hmm. sweet spot when I'm shooting that on, say, the 70 to 200. So just keep that in mind. And um, where would you focus? Who the, uh, who would you focus on? Middle, the middle of the shot, whoever's in the okay. middle. So not mm-hmm. the front person, not the very back person, but yes. somewhere close to the middle to get okay. that, that entire group uh, nice and sharp all the way through. Um, all right, so... There are many shots, Val, that are completely impossible to get without using a long lens. And we talked about your friend who lost half his skull. Yes, yes, the back of his skull. You know, Mm. you're not going to get many great wildlife photos using a standard or wide lens unless you are completely nuts or just a thrill seeker, but it's not going to last long. So um, shots like... uh, sport as well imagine shooting our afl which is tougher than rugby league because you know it just is well um (laughs) afl and i'd say most of uh the people listening from around the world even if they haven't been to a game they've seen one on tv because it is like you know tough sport or gridiron or or or, uh soccer or any game like that imagine Mm -hmm. trying to get the action where you fill the frame of someone Mm -hmm. lining up for goal or someone um, you know, marking the ball or, or kicking the ball, you'd have to be on the field in front of the players. Now, how quickly, how long before you've ploughed over by one of the players? It just, it's impossible in sport. That happened the other day. Really? In, in AFL, yeah. Really? Yeah, the oh, guy ran straight into the photographer. Oh, my God, that would hurt like anything. And mm. it was freezing cold, which would make it hurt. Mm, you know, more. Even. So it you need long lenses when you're shooting sport, when you're shooting wildlife, things like uh, movie stills um, yes. and uh, theatre, live theatre and things like that. Capturing that, impossible unless you've got a long lens. You can't be on the stage. You yep. can't be shooting a wedding and I've seen it, believe me, where the photographer is right up like oh, practically. Oh, I know. I've seen it too. To get that like, oh, no, I want the funky lens, uh, The you know, mm. oh, I'm not close enough. My photo isn't good. I know. So I'm going to wreck the whole ceremony. Whereas when you're shooting with a long lens, all these sorts of events where there's a speaker on the stage, a mm. ceremony like a wedding, you can hang right back and zoom in or use a long lens and you're there, you're right right up part of the action no one mm. needs to know about it for so yep. so for all those things great advantage uh to working in in uh with a a, a zoom or a telephoto lens the other thing mm. it does is uh the the slight distortion like the compression caused by the long lens so things at the back appear closer uh, it mm-hmm. kind of flattens everything out it is very flattering to the face uh, mm-hmm. so like if you've got someone with a slightly larger nose that lens compression is probably going to flatten it out if you shoot someone mm. um, with a with a larger nose with a wide lens it's going to make their nose appear a lot bigger now uh, I have noticed and uh, you you see like a lot of millennials who are used 
used to taking iPhone selfies. Yeah. The, the, the lens on an iPhone is very, very wide. And what mm-hmm. you see happening with a lot of people is they're loving how they look uh, <laughs> using that wide lens slightly from above. Yeah. And so what's going to happen is it distorts your face. It'll make it seem narrower and uh, mm. slightly larger and therefore your body looks bigger. So you see a lot of uh, women, particularly maybe on their Tinder sites, who, who, <laughs> who, who, might, who might be uh, a, a little larger than they look in their, in their iPhone pic, use this, um, use this technique to, to give a more flattering or how they see uh, themselves looking more flattering in this way and, and mm. don't like the long lens because it does does tend to give the face a fuller look. So um, think about that as well when you're taking portraits. There are some people that don't like what their face looks like at 200, zoomed in at 200 mil, and they prefer uh, using the, the wider lens because it yeah. does give that slight compression side of the face to make it uh, a bit narrower. Um, <sighs> <laughs> you you should real... only you should only shoot me with the wider lens, then, Gina. I actually no. I, I also prefer how I look on the uh, on the wider lens too, Val. I have to say there is a big difference, uh, and uh, yeah, it does. It but so if you have someone with a, a very very narrow face, uh, yes. using the long lens will give a slightly fuller look, a, a healthier look, and I, mm. I I do prefer that look for a lot of people. Uh, the look that the uh, the longer lens gives. Um, yeah. A few cons of using a zoom or telephoto lens, Val, uh, they mm-hmm. are like as much as I love to strut around with that thing strapped <laughs> hanging at a certain <laughs> angle, uh, and I do stand with it th- to emphasize that too. Yeah, you do. Uh, I know. You, I know. Um, <laughs> is it's heavy. So carrying yes. one of those beasts around, uh, mm. especially if you've got one of the heavier cameras, it, it's like it's a lot to carry around all day. So if you think yes. of uh, using that while you're trekking around uh, like uh, on a long walk or as you walk around lens, uh, mm. by a few hours in, you're not going to be loving it or even like uh, weddings and things like that. So it's a good idea to uh, have a, a really comfortable uh, strap on your camera so that you can cope with the extra weight. The other thing is it's not ideal for tight spaces. So if you have to move around and change um, positions a lot and get a lot of shots in a small room, it's very hard to work when you're using a long lens. People are always in your frame. There's always like, you know, a – stuff that that gets in your way you can't get back quite far enough so for that reason not great they're also conspicuous Val it's not it's it's very difficult to walk around in a crowd and have that big like a 70 to 200 or they're hanging off you and try and get away with like you know oh, I'm just here just taking a few snapshots and also like the way things are going with a lot of um uh, councils requiring that we, we have permits for everywhere we shoot. Try yes. into any place, like you've been with me several times where I've had to talk my way out of what permit? I'm a student. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> where you, 
if you want to sort of take shots, and I kind of think you should be allowed to, unless you're encroaching on someone's private property, that you should be allowed to shoot in most areas freely. But like where they, where they are are trying to stop that, if you've got the big long lens, you do look like a professional. So um, it's something to think about for that um, reason as now, well. Now, you mentioned um, 70 to 200. Now, are we going to get into your recommendations for, let's say people uh, have got their kit lens and they haven't yet invested in their first long lens or maybe they got their first long lens along with the kit lens because often cameras are sold that way and they're looking at their second long lens. Are you going to talk about some recommendations for what some good steps are in your progress in terms of which lenses to get next kind of thing? Yeah, so there's a couple that I would recommend. Uh, so I would go from the kit lens. I would go to uh, I would go to rather than getting a fixed uh, telephoto lens, I would go to getting a zoom lens. Zoom lenses are very good. They had a bad rap for many years, but the optical on most zoom lenses is excellent at the moment. So what I would do is I would go. I would get a cup. I would look at a couple. I would go for to something like a 24 to 105. Fantastic. Um, walk around lens and that gives you that uh, 105 um, long focal length which is great for portraits and it's like a good uh, entry into the long uh, focal length and then after that I would also look at the 70 to 200 as being an ideal. Now when you when you're looking at buying a lens like this is a few things that you want to consider, Val, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that are going to uh, add to the the cost of a lens. So, like, if you uh, want to um, save on money, you want to mm-hmm. um, get a longer lens. You want to have that reach. So, you want the zoom, say, of a, a seventy to two hundred. How fast the lens is is going to affect the cost. So, if you're going to go with a very mm-hmm. fast lens, one that opens um, right up to say an aperture of f two point eight, lets more yep. light into the lens, means there's yep. more glass in the lens. It's going to be a much uh, heavier and more expensive lens. So that's what's going to add to the cost. The other factor is whether or not it has uh, something called image stabilization. Now, image Mm. stabilization, Val, is Mm. uh, very clever technology that Hans, who invented all the cameras, has built into the cameras. And uh, basically uh, what the camera does is it makes, uh, when when this is switched on, is it makes little micro adjustments uh, to the lens as uh, to counter um, movement or camera shake. So um, it, mm. it, it actually um, lessens movement or camera shake, which is a big issue with when you're using the longer lenses. Uh, it, 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 it is a big issue. And the, so it's called different names like Canon call it IS, image stabilization, mm. Nikon, VR, vibration reduction, Tamron mm. call it VC, Vibration control. They've all got different names. Sigma, you think, optical you think Hans, stabilization you, OS. You think Hans could have just called it the same thing? Do you think no. he worked at all those places? Uh, probably not. It's all these brothers. Uh, um, and Fuji call it iOS just to, you know, 
call yeah. it something else. So, so, but having that in the camera uh, can actually uh, allow you to shoot at a couple of stops in shutter speed slower because you've got this little um, little little mechanism that, that 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 counters vibrations, and it's very very handy. The trick with image stabilizer, and it also adds about a grand to the cost of the lens. Wow. Uh, but but it's worth having if it's something that you're going to be doing a lot of uh, you know using this lens a lot and it, it like as a walk around lens and you and because there is um that's the digital version right that's in most lenses there is an analog version of image stabilization that's a lot cheaper val mm-hmm. and the analog version is called a tripod <laughs> so basically what yeah. you do when you're using a long lens and it's the best way to stabilize any image is you put that camera with your long lens on a tripod and shoot to tripod and that's going to um avoid uh get get eliminate all camera shake and uh help you get a a really sharp shot the trick is that if you have image stabilization on a lens once you bolt it to the tripod turn the image stabilization off because it's like it's it's going to uh work against you and if it's on the, the the camera or think oh there's a little micro movement if there isn't one we'll make one up and it, it, it kind of can make your images um a, a little bit uh, out of focus or have a bit of camera shape so, so you've got to be careful with that so uh, a good rule of thumb to remember Val when you're using these yeah. long lenses is to uh, if you're shooting handheld take the focal length so if you're shooting on a 200 millimeter lens your minimum shutter speed should be equal to the focal length so if you're shooting 200 millimeter um, lens have a shutter speed of one two hundredth of a second or higher and that's going to eliminate a lot of the camera shake i tend to double that and if i'm shooting on 200 i like to shoot at about one four hundredth of a second as you're getting into the big like telephoto lenses 300 400 500 millimeters you kind of want to have um some kind of um tripod to not only to stabilize the lens but just to hold it up because they're heavy you know when you see the guys sport with those big 500s Mm. they've got their own little tripod because imagine carrying that around all day yeah Um, all right now important thing to remember when you're working with these long zoom lenses is it does take a bit of practice especially if you've been used to working with um uh, wide or standard lenses and suddenly you go to a zoom or a long lens and uh, like a lot of people get these to photograph their kids at sport or to maybe shoot uh birds in the like wildlife and things like that um and what the mistake that a lot of people make is they'll uh see see a bird and they'll then put their eye up to the bring their camera up and and then try and find it zoomed in uh, in the mm. sky again and then you can't find it because no. you're thinking about you've got this very narrow field of view and you can't yeah. tracking something uh is like trying to find a needle in a haystack so the way to work is to zoom out a little bit find mm-hmm. ha, find the general area that you want to be tracking and then zoom in slowly um mm. so that you can um, 
um, track the bird or the person playing football or the kid that's running or the dog. A good thing to do uh, just to get used to it is to go out to a park every other day and uh, just try and track some birds flying in the sky or dogs mm, running, running, or, mm. or, or you know, and uh, that'll help you get the uh, the hang of uh, tracking. Um, different things using the zoom lens or the uh um the longer lens Mm -hmm. now uh all right so a couple of other things val there is a sweet spot on all long lenses so uh, okay the mistake that people make when they're using a long lens is they're going to uh you, you want to shoot wide open because you've got that that that's so much space but the mistake a lot of people make is uh shooting wide open generally isn't as sharp as shooting two stops in on a lens. So they're like generally either side of um, the aperture, so wide open, the widest it will go or the the Mm -hmm. most uh, stop down you can get. So if you've got a f2.8 lens and it goes to f2.8, 22 try and avoid shooting at 22 and try and avoid shooting at f 2.8 if you if sharpness is um something that you you, you're concerned about which most people are so i i find that two stops in uh like if from which direction in either side is the sweet mm-hmm. spot on a lens. So right. around around there, generally most lenses worth experimenting. So ah. test it out. So I try. I, I will shoot at f two point eight, but I'm aware that it's like it's not going to be as sharp as if say I go a couple of stops in to like say f five point six. I'm going to get a better shot. So I'd rather uh, crank up my ISO a little bit and uh, come in. Yes. A bit on the f-stop and because when you're shooting a long zoom like that if you want that beautiful bokeh and out of focus background you're still going to get it uh, at 5.6 if you're zoomed right out at 200 you will still get that right. and uh, the, the fall off is a lot more rapid so you don't need to be wide open to get that unless you need the the extra light coming in to your camera okay that makes sense. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to try that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, there's some uh, lots of good diagrams too in the show notes, Val, where I've uh, well, I show you like the difference in reach when you um, when you have uh, a long lens and and you can see uh, just what it does. It like it really brings everything in the background uh, forward. The other thing I just wanted to mention was uh, the difference between uh, using a um, uh, there's there's uh, you get certain cameras that op- offer you optical zoom mm-hmm. versus actual zoom, right? Yes. And um, the difference is you need to be uh, aware of that, that you've got um, optical zoom is when the lens magnifies the image in the distance. So like you've got a 200 yes. mil lens, you'll put yeah. it up and uh, you might have, say, uh, if I photograph a boat on a river and I use my optical zoom to zoom in or reach yep. the boat, right? Yep. Then there are other cameras that offer digital zoom and the difference Mm. is what the camera does with digital zoom is it'll take an image 
uh, a photo using the standard lens that's, that's in the camera and then the digital zoom is basically uh, the camera will post-process the image and blow mm. it up just like you would do on your own computer if you took a shot with, say, a 50 mil lens right. and the boat's in the middle, you'd take mm. it in, zoom in. Uh, in it's almost no point. Well, that's what that's what digital zoom is basically. Mm. It's 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 not the same. So you want to look for good optical zoom yeah. in an image. And so yeah, there's uh, lots of uh, images there in the show notes uh, that show you the difference between the 24 millimeter lens on a face compared to the 200 millimeter lens on the face. So also- what Jean has got here is a, a shot of a guy, and it's just a headshot, and she shot him at 24 millimeters, 50 millimeters, 80. 105, 135, and 200. And, of course, you can find all of these, uh, all the show notes and any images that we discuss at ginamilitia.com. But basically what this series of shots shows, because there's six of them of the same guy shot in the same place, same time of day, just with the different um, the different lens, lens lengths. Uh, and what it shows us is exactly what Gina has said before. When it's a wider when it's wider shot wide um at 24 millimeters his face is actually kind of thinner and when it is shot um on the longer lens at 200 his face does widen out a little bit so and you can see the slight (laughs) yeah you can see the slight changes in in each of those when when you have a look at the show notes at ginamilitia.com yeah, what else is in there, Gina? So you can also see uh, how, it, like, a lot of people don't think to use uh, long lenses or telephoto lenses when they're shooting landscapes. Everyone traditionally, or a lot of people, prefer to uh, use a wide lens because you get that epic sweeping, uh, you yeah. know, look to the landscape. But um, it's worth experimenting with, and there are examples here in the show notes. Um, when I was in Iceland, I took a shot of a beautiful mountain range and uh, like the road that leads through them. And there's two different shots uh, using two different lenses of the same uh, mountain range at. 18 millimeters, it, like you see that the uh, the road is the hero of the shot. It makes the road look really big. It makes the sky also look really sexy, which is what's what's really cool about working with a, a wide lens. But the mountain range in the distance is tiny. It's like mm. far away. When you see the same image mm. using a 200 millimeter focal length, suddenly the mountain range has been brought right forward and it's right like everything is compressed mm. uh, and and comes towards the camera which is a, another way of seeing things so it's a it's a really cool technique and this is why I love using this lens for uh, landscapes for lifestyle and for that reason mm. using it when I'm working with portraits especially uh, where I want to bring the background in closer towards my subject it compresses it all towards you Mm, that's great yes and you can find these images at ginamilitia.com i guess it depends on what you're going for doesn't it It Um, but it's good and it might be a good idea to try both just to you know if you're in a situation like you're in the mountains of new zealand (laughs) or somewhere don't limit yourself do both and you can kind of decide later even which one you like 
Um, mm. So just some recommendations, uh, Val. So if you want to, yeah. like, you've got a long lens and you want to make it even longer, there's something called a teleconverter that you can get. Um, and basically it's like a, a, it's another small lens. Uh, it's like a, it looks like a cuff that goes onto your camera and then the lens yep. actually bolts onto that. And what it does is the, the, uh, the extender or teleconverter will double the reach of your lens or – uh, increase by one and a half, depending on the kind that you get. Uh, and yep. there's one uh, actually, uh, Yong Nuo have made one that, that that is a two times converter, so it'll make a 400 millimeter lens and 800 millimeter lens, right? So it'll extend mm. the reach. The disadvantage of using something, and they're quite cheap compared to what it would cost you to buy an 800 millimeter lens, Val. So, like yeah. for a couple of hundred dollars, you can get this uh, Yong Nuo one as opposed That's to. Right. Be six hundred for a uh, the Canon version of it. Uh, you lose a couple of stops in speed on the lens. That's downside, mm. and also it's, you're adding another bit of glass to the back of the lens between the camera. So it's uh, there is some uh, loss of quality as well. Whenever you're adding anything to the actual uh, lens, you're going to lose a bit of quality. But for 200 bucks, it, you know, if you're shooting birds or things like that, it might be uh, worth a try, worth playing with. Um, yeah. Recommendations, Val. So if you're looking to go up to the next lens, uh, you if you choose a prime, rather a fixed focal length rather than a zoom, you're going to get uh, more bang for your buck, a lot cheaper, a prime fixed rather than a zoom lens, which is like several lenses is in one. Um, mm. If you can go for image stabilization, it's going to give you uh, a lot more versatility in using the lens. The faster the lens, the more expensive it's going to be and also the heavier it's going to be. But again, yeah. get the best that you can possibly afford. So you want to go with the fastest because it's going to come in handy down the track. Now, having said that, mm. I would be buying um, uh, a brand name. Uh, like if you've got a Canon or a Nikon, I would be going for the Canon or the Nikon version of the long lens. They're, they're quite good. There are some good uh, third-party lenses as well, uh, so worth uh, checking out. But I would consider getting a, uh, a better quality lens and buying secondhand uh, if, rather than buying a cheaper uh, third-party lens and getting it new. That's my personal so preference. So if you're going to buy second in hand what are some things you should look out for like if you're going to buy a, a, a lens a, a lens second hand and you're meeting with the person should you check certain things like okay, what should yeah, you be so checking uh, there's an entire episode that we dedicate to uh, so look for that uh, in in, uh, in the podcast um, section of the website like what what's it called how to buy secondhand gear or something like that, that we cover this in great detail. But basically yes. you want to make sure that there aren't any chips in the mm. um, in the glass of the lens. You want to make sure that there isn't any mould. Uh, you want to make sure that if they said they only drove the lens to church every Sunday that, that that's the case. You want to look for, <laughs> for wear and tear and, and basically bring your camera when you go and check out the lens, um, put it on your camera and um, – 
do uh, a shoot. Make sure that the apertures all open as they should be um, and test it at, at wide open, test it at uh, stop down, test it at every shutter speed and just make sure that there isn't any scunge or, or mould is the biggest one. Um, but that's that's what you want to look out for. And the thing is like a lot of people will buy a beautiful zoom lens and never use it because it is. It's heavy. It's hard to use. There is a lot of hobbyists that might invest with one in one and it sits in a box in your office and they never use it so you can get a good one but you've got to be uh, careful and it is worth testing out and maybe you're better off going and buying a second hand one from a camera store where they offer some sort of a warranty warranty yeah really test it test it test it uh and make sure that there there isn't anything wrong with it um and And the episode that gina is referring to if you want to listen to all of the tips in much more comprehensive detail is episode 62 called Bargain Hunter, how to buy new and used photography gear and what to watch out for. Okay, and uh, if in doubt or uh, like you, you're you only using, like you prefer to use a standard lens or like a wide lens, that's your thing, but every now and then you might have someone ask you to photograph uh, a theatre production or some sport or something, but you don't can't justify the outlay, then uh, it's yeah. quite uh, cheap to just hire as you need it. So if you're only idea. using your long lens two or three times a year, like it's 35 or $50, to hire one is uh, probably uh, well worth it. And I've done that I've, when I've had to, like I don't have anything longer than 200 millimetres and sometimes I will need a, uh, a 300 or four. So I'll just go and I'll hire it for the day uh, rather than outlaying the eight or 10,000 to own one, which I can't, mm. can't justify. And for the non-Australians in the background, that is not a baby crying. That is a Australian bird that is making that noise in Gina's what, background. I, I can't hear it, Val, because I've got my, my cans on. What, what, oh. what was it? Is it a crow or what was it, a kookaburra? Or? It's not a kookaburra, but uh, there's a there's a vocal bird behind you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah no, we, you often just hear got, a lot of birds. Yes, we've just got animals everywhere here, <laughs> haven't we? We've got Rocky meowing, we've got birds on your end. Rocky is actually, um, he's spinning out because he's, he's in front of a mirror and that mirror is in front of another mirror. So Rocky has discovered infinity and he's just going, oh, my God. It's, it's going to make his head explode, poor <laughs> exactly. guy. It's just too much. It is too much. How <laughs> entertaining. And that's it all going on in the, back, in the background as, yeah, we're in nature here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I also want to give a shout-out to Gina's new course, which is launching very soon, and if you are not on the if you if you haven't registered your interest you will regret it because uh, you if for those people who are on the list who have registered their interest you will be getting a notification about a special pre-launch discount and it's a price that will never be repeated so this is the course master the magic of manual mode and get off auto forever which is one of my personal favorites because I have not used auto since even in my most um, uh, you know, the the situations where I need to speedily get a shot, I still have not used auto. And I'm just thrilled because I I just love the fact that I'm controlling all of the settings now. And I only got to that stage because of Gina's 
course. Well, because I, um, you know, was with her through the entire production of the course. That that bird is going nuts. That bird <laughs> is seriously going it's nuts. It's because it's uh, it's so close to sunset that they, yes, they'll, they'll that's be right. right. It's more and more of them. They all compete against each other now. So, so I'm disappointed. Um, there's no kookaburras though yet. <laughs> They're more a morning bird, I think. But anyway, so you can register your interest at ginamalisha.com and click on the tab called Courses to find that course, which is Master the Magic of Manual Mode and Get Off Auto Forever. But you know what, Gina? I am not the only one who has benefited from this course because the other day I had to get this um, a, a photograph of myself and I couldn't photograph myself because mm. uh, I didn't want it to be a selfie stick yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So I asked my partner to do it and we were in a rush. So he took quite a number of shots and none of them were quite right. And so that was a bit disappointing. Um, He hasn't done the course, you see. And um, then I went into the office and I needed to get this shot for something. And I said to Beck, who is like our uni student who works yes, part-time with us. Yes, you've seen the entire course. Yeah, so I, I've, I asked Beck, oh, come on, Beck, let's just go. We've just got to quickly get this shot, okay? So I went out uh, to, you know, we left the, the, the room and we went outside and I said, okay, look, why don't you just have a go? Well, um, just take a quick one so I just can check the cropping. You know, I just wanted to see that we were in the right spot, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, so she took the shot and I said, okay, I'll just check the cropping. And I looked at it and I went, oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had, you know, budgeted half an hour, I mean an hour for this. But yeah. She got the shot. She got the shot. And Good on you, in, Beck. First of all, in one go. And I went, yeah. oh, my God, that's like you don't need to to take any more shots. And she, I said, that's really good. And she said, well, you made me check all of Gina's videos. So yeah, I watched, she's watched I've done thing. the entire course. <laughs> and so we went back to the office and then I thought to myself, I've got to see if this is a fluke because, yeah. you know, you can fluke it yeah. sometimes. So I said, we're going to take these other shots. I, I found a bunch of other shots that I actually needed to take and I got all the props together and everything. Yeah. Come on, Beck, let's go and, you know, just do these other shots. And, again, I thought this would take, well, over an hour because there were so many shots. And it was amazing. She could, they, she just nailed every single one and she said, yeah, the course was really interesting and now I want to buy a camera. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Good on you, That's fantastic. That's awesome. And she she had zero interest in photography Mm, before. That's awesome. That's right. It's, it's, yeah. And so, look, the course really works. So check it out at ginamilitia.com. But anyway, um, this brings us to the end of this week's episode, doesn't it, Gina? Yes, it does, Val. (laughs) So where do we find you online? I'm at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I. And at Gina Militia on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Val. That's it for me (laughs) at the moment. You? I'm at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, I am also in two places on Facebook. Firstly, the uh, podcast community, which is free to join. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. And also in the gold community. So there's a wonderful gold community of fantastic 
awesome photographers who continue to inspire me every single day. It's a a membership program and it's where Gina provides uh, tutorials, regular tutorials, plus also regular photo critiques if you want your photos critiqued and also um, a live monthly mastermind, which is also recorded in case you are not able to make it. Um, Rocky is really spinning out about infinity right now. So I think that (laughs) is our signal. Our signal. You can find out more at ginamilitia.com. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I'm coming, Rocky. Okay, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.